Hey friends, Instant Disney Dad here with episode number five, and like I promised before in episode four, I was going to be bringing my friend Troy Sandy back to the episode, so that's what we're going to do here today. But we got three topics that we definitely want to cover. Um, if you listen to episode four, we definitely only got through two topics, and then also, of course, our fire round, right Troy? Yeah, well that's because uh, I was standing in line most of the time. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, he didn't use his Disney Experience app, so he just didn't know where to go. I'm still learning. we got to figure it out. We're working on it. Uh, today's three topics that we want to talk about. Uh, first of all, we got a lot of questions about the Disney dining plan. Should you do it? Which one should you do? And is it worth it? Also, resorts. What's the difference between value, moderate, and deluxe? And of course, one of our five favorite topics now, I think it's magical tips, where we go through and talk about different tips and tricks throughout the Disney parks. But let's kick off the show right now. You are listening to the Insta Disney Dad Podcast. From Disney tips and tricks, must-dos, product reviews, special guests, and more, this is your weekly destination for everything Disney. This is the Insta Disney Dad Podcast. So like I said, we're going to kick off to uh, topic number one here in just a second. But again, Troy, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Did you enjoy being part of episode four? There's nothing I would have liked more than being part of episode four, except for being back for episode five. And depending on how much we ramble on this episode, it could be episode six if you got time. Well, since I'm getting paid by the episode, um, yeah, let's go. Yeah, thanks to Coca-Cola, right? Yeah, right? (laughs) They're not paying us, trust me. Anyways, let's move on to topic number one. Disney dining plan. Now, Troy, you and I have had many conversations talking about the Disney dining plan. My wife and I have only done it once, and we did it to balance out and determine if it's actually worth it and maybe going as two people is different than going as a family so since you i think you swear by the disney plan for the most part can you kind of talk to me about your experience with the disney plan and what you would recommend to the listeners when it comes to the disney dining plan i love food so yes i'll talk about the disney dining plan all right so we in my belly (laughs) yeah exactly we've had the opportunity to to try out all the different disney dining plans and we've we've done a shorter trip without the dining plan, so I have experienced it all. Perfect. Um, and, and you can verify here on my phone uh, that nobody else can see. I do have a, a spreadsheet with the breakdown of costs. You do, yeah. No, it's uh, it's literally there on his iPhone. So you're a dork. They, <laughs> thank you. That's that's part of my. It's a big compliment. That is part of my persona within Disney. So that's why everybody's listening. They want to hear what the dork has to say about food. Absolutely. No, we need to hear it. So for the dining plan, the biggest thing with the dining plan that we have found is it does make a difference with a family versus uh, maybe a, a, a smaller adult set. And a lot of that comes from the cost associated with the meal plans for the different ages. So with the dining plan... There have been changes over the, the recent years that does make it a little less appealing. So two snacks per plan, no matter which plan you get, is a little bit different than the breaks they used to have. Yeah, no kidding. And I mean, when we, so when my wife and I did it, I mean, like you said before, it could be different between two people versus, you know, when you take a family. When my wife and I did it, I mean, we were going through basically the last day of our trip and we had, I think, each 20 some odd snacks that we weren't able to use for us. But, I mean, we're just two people. I mean, we're constantly just going to the parks, taking photos, videos, etc. And 
half the time we forgot to eat. So maybe my experience isn't the same as many other people's would be when they're going to Disney. The one thing I would say that was super nice though is, I mean, we could go to some of those really nice restaurants. Like, you know, I, I talk about Ohana or uh, Whispering Canyon or even like the Disney, uh, any of the character meet and greets and the, the character experience centers, I should say. And we were able to use our Disney dining plan for that. So, I mean, we did enjoy the ease of it. I didn't have to put out a credit card or anything else, which was awesome. Or, you know, tap the magical band. And it just comes out of my account and makes me poor when I come home. But it was nice. Yeah, it is nice. And it, it, it's easy. So just the short version, right? Without going through the whole spreadsheet over this podcast. Um, the quick which service. Which nice, by the way. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, a nice spreadsheet. It, it's formatted specifically for my phone. Uh, but the quick service plan. So you get two quick service meals. You know, counter service, however you want to, to label it. It does pay for itself as long as you use both of them and your snacks. Now, it doesn't mean you have to use it that day, uh, but it does pay for itself. Not by much. You're talking the difference of a few dollars. Um, So you can definitely pay out of pocket and still come in the same neighborhood. If you do that and you eat three square meals a day um, going through the quick service plan, make sure you pay attention to what the cheapest meal is going to be and make sure that's the one you pay for out of pocket. In the sample that I have here, breakfast is the cheapest. Eating breakfast at the dining location at a value resort. In this case, I did Pop Century as my yeah. example. Yeah, and that's where, you know, like I said, when we when we, uh, when we we were doing our trip, I mean, one of the easiest things about the Disney dining plan is the fact that we went there with it pretty much already paid for in advance, obviously. And we didn't have to worry about going too over budget. And I'm, in episode three, I talked about kind of keeping track of your budget when you go to like Epcot for like food and wine by, you know, buying a gift card. Basically, think of it, you already paid for all this food, but if you do need to have the you know, three meal break, you know, or uh, what is it, balanced meals during your day, then yeah, breakfast, I completely agree with you. I mean, Pop Century, that's where we were just at. And I think it was super cheap. It's like $9 for like a big plate of food that my wife and I actually even shared. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you at Pop Century spreadsheet here, verified, the waffle bounty platter and orange juice um, would cost you sixteen fifty eight uh, for that breakfast. That yeah. is that is the cheapest meal you're going to eat at Disney that day. Yep, exactly. And I mean, between the two of us, it was you know eight nine bucks, which is fantastic. Yeah. So then, if you look at Disney dining plan, so the next one up, where you get one quick service and one table meal. The only way you're going to get value out of that is if you have that table meal. If you don't use that table meal, and it doesn't have to be every day, you could have two one day and none the next day, but if you don't use that table meal, it's not going to pay for itself. But here's the thing that I want everybody to remember when it comes to any of the table service meals. It is the fact that you have to pay for the tip out of pocket. And most people fail to account for that in their budget. So make sure you understand that that is going to be an additional cost and that can make or break whether or not the dining plan is affordable and right for you. Yeah. And when you take the, uh, you know, when, when you, when you take that budget and you're looking at the overall expenses of going to Disney and if you do the Disney dining plan, which I do definitely highly recommend. I mean, for me and my wife, it didn't work out as well, but we don't have the best of eating habits. We'll forget meals. We'll forget this and that. But I mean, we were actually able to use a lot of our snacks to bring home souvenirs for our nephews and for my family and stuff. I mean, you can you can use it for multiple things, which was really cool. Um, but remember, there's two things that you always want to bring extra money for that people always forget about. You're always going to want to get a souvenir. Everyone, there is no way that the mouse does not get his hands in your pockets. 
and you do not leave without a souvenir of some sort. We have five people in our house and 20 pairs of ears. Exactly, exactly. And the other thing that people always forget about, to your point, is gratuities. And one thing that always drives me a little bonkers is when we... And I know it's and I know it's not called out, but you go on the Magical Express. You're leaving the airport. Hop on this bus. Everyone gets off the bus. And I will be probably nine out of ten times the only one that hands the bus driver a $5 bill or a tip. He's pulling the luggage out. He's pulling out whatever that was there. He entertains, he or she, I should say, entertains you on the bus on your way. I mean, you're already immersed into this Disney experience. And it starts with that bus driver. They are your first entrance to Disney if you fly in and take that Disney Magical Express. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that I, I would recommend. I mean, we could probably get on a bus rant, too. I know you told me that you wanted to get on a bus rant. I do have a couple things to say about buses from your uh, previous episodes. Yeah, and I mean, we can talk about that, too. Maybe we'll leave uh, episode number six for the rant episode where we talk about everything that bothers us. But <laughs> Disney Dining Plant... Highly recommend it. What's your feels feels on it for everyone? Here's here's the bottom line. It's what feels best for you. And that's not a, just the easy way out answer. It about washes out. The only thing I'll say is with the deluxe dining plan where it accounts for three table services per day, the only reason you should ever use that plan is if you are making it a food trip. Because you need to have two table service meals per day to make that worthwhile from a budget standpoint. Um, so... If you're not going to make it a food trip, don't do the deluxe. Do the dining or the quick service. I think it's about a wash. So it's whether you want to pay as you go throughout your your trip or if you want to pay up front and have the dining plan booked. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, to your point, too, I mean, between having to have all those, you know, sit-down dinners or sit-down meals, I should say, think about the time, too, at the parks. I mean, and depending on the time of the year you go, I mean, summer, the parks are opened later. Winter, they're closed earlier. So, I mean, we want... You got to capitalize on your time. So think about what you're going to want to experience. If you want to experience that one special dinner, pay for it out of pocket. You know, make that experience whatever it is. But the quick service meals, I mean, I think is definitely a win in my opinion. Yeah. And like I said, it's going to be what matters most to you. And at the end of the day, you're at Disney. So it shouldn't be bad no matter what. Yeah, exactly. It should be magical, right? Now, speaking of staying at Disney, this is actually going to be a nice segue into our next topic, which is resorts and this is a topic that, you know, depending on the type of vacation that you're looking for, there's, you know, different options. They have the value resorts, they have their moderate resorts, they have deluxe, but they also have campgrounds. So, for example, if you decide that you want to be that family, you hop in that Winnebago and you go down there and you want a campsite, they can they can basically satisfy everyone's needs based on what you're looking for. And traditionally, because my wife and I, we head down there, my wife, daughter, and I should say head down to Disney. I mean, this is... What did I say the other day, Troy? I think this was our eighth time down to Disney this year. Eighth, seventh or eighth time down to Disney this year. And I wouldn't be able to afford it if I was staying at a deluxe resort every time. Um, I would be broke. There's no way I'd afford this microphone that I'm even talking into right now and being able to give my feelings on this and Troy's feelings on this. But we always float between that value to moderate resort when we're going down based on kind of deals but also locations too i mean for us art of animation or pop century are our two kind of go-tos if we're going with a bigger group of people art of animation i think is you know got a little bit more capacity when you're looking at suites when you're looking at you know the uh, the car suite the little the finding nemo suite i mean 
they have really cool options there, even the area, uh, Little Mermaid Suite. But from your experience, I know that you've stayed at deluxe resorts, and I mean, you're a king over here. I mean, he's wearing his crown today. Can you tell me about your experience with deluxe resorts and why you sometimes gravitate towards a deluxe resort versus, you know, like a value or a moderate resort? Well, at least you referred to me as Mufasa and not Scar, so I'll take that as a compliment <laughs> in that regards. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you for that one. I appreciate it. Uh, so, so part of it is we're a family of five, so we already have some limitations as to where we can stay on Disney, and that's not a knock on Disney at all. It just becomes a space factor. Um, so we do like deluxe resorts, but we don't gravitate towards deluxe every single trip. Uh, some of the things we like about deluxe are, are really the access. So our last trip, we went over Christmas. We decided if we're going to be away from extended family over Christmas, we want to stay at a deluxe resort. So we stayed at the Contemporary. And, Beautiful. And it was our first time staying there. We've been to Chef Mickey's a ton for the character breakfast. Totally. Uh, but we decided we want to stay there. And I cannot emphasize enough how the ability to walk to the Magic Kingdom impacted our trip in such a positive way way yeah it's like a seven and a half minute walk from basically lobby across to the gate yeah and with with disney's new structure we were able to do all the security stuff before we got there we had a special walkway so we didn't have any of the security check-in that everybody else going through the main gate had uh getting into the magic kingdom but more so than going there was at the end of the night going home we didn't have to stand in line for one of the buses yeah not having to stand in line for the buses is kind of one of the big things i mean you bring up a great point. Staying at the Contemporary, I mean, you have that convenience factor. You can also talk about it for uh, Floridian as well, Grand Floridian, Grand Floridian, or even uh, what's the Hawaiian resort? Um, the Polynesian. Polynesian, thank you. My goodness. Um, you you have that transportation. You can hop on the monorail or you can hop on a on a boat to go across. And since you know majority of the people are staying at either value or moderate resorts, your transportation to get back to where you're where you're actually staying at is pretty easy, especially if you're at the contemporary where you can just walk. Yeah, I mean, that is one of the biggest benefits. But tying it back, you know, we're also a big fan of the value resorts. So so we do look at the bookends of this. And for us, besides the, the space for the family, mm-hmm. what it really comes down to is how much time do you think you're going to be spending in your room? Because that really should be driving how much you're spending on your hotel room. Yeah, and so when we're talking about the resorts here, I know that you said you kind of bounce back and forth between moderate, but then also the you know deluxe resorts. When you're staying in, and I'm sorry, the value and the deluxe resorts. When you're staying in those value resorts, which ones are you typically gravitating to? So our favorite is Art of Animation, very similar to you, um, in, in the fact that there's a lot more options. It's, it's newer. We also like Pop Century as well. Uh, we're not against the all-star resorts, but we really struggle with the bus transportation at the end of the day mm-hmm. and that's because there's three stops unless you happen to get it at the right time where they've now switched over to dedicating a bus per resort there is no winning in that situation because you're either first getting picked up and you have to sit through two stops before you go to the park or you're last to get picked up and last to be dropped off and you gotta think of the also resorts too so i mean you're talking about three resorts and depending on the bus schedules, how many buses they have running for that, I mean, you're three resorts worth of people waiting for a bus. You could be sitting there waiting for a while. And from our experience with the Pop Century and Art of Animation, yes, when we go to the bus stop to get picked up at these resorts or at the uh, parks, Pop Century and Art of Animation are always at the end of this bus pickup. But since it's the dedicated bus for the resort, 
we are, I would say we're usually back to our room within 20 minutes of us getting to that bus stop, which is fantastic. It makes our life so much easier. And for the fact that I don't, I can get on the bus, my daughter can fall asleep. I'm not getting, she's not getting woken up three times by lights popping on. I can get her back, get her to bed easier. And then my wife and I can basically relax and pass out on the bed. Yeah, I know some people that just got back um, and stayed at Pop Century and, and felt like it was much more than a, than a value resort. And, and I would argue what Disney has done with Art of Animation, and I know it's not new anymore, but what they did with Art of Animation and the quote-unquote standard rooms and then the, the deluxe family suites, they've actually created a perfect blend for where they're at right now of that that value slash moderate maybe even bordering a little bit on a very low end deluxe minus the location mm-hmm. relative to the parks so what they've embedded in art of animation and the the options you have to stay is astounding but you're going to notice it in the price so don't be shocked when you when you see that large spectrum of an individual room versus a family suite at art of animation you know and i think you know having kids calling out the fact that the big blue pool is one of the biggest pools or if not the biggest pool in a uh, walt disney world located out of art of animation is a huge win if you're going to stay at that resort i mean who wouldn't love a giant pool uh, a big blue pool at exactly. that yep. right there but then it's not just a pool yeah i mean you First of all, it's they got a lot of activities throughout the day. So, I mean, they constantly have someone that's out there playing games with the kids. I mean, they have movie screenings at night. That it, and all this is complimentary. This is part of your cost of staying at this resort. So, they do what they would do at a deluxe or even a moderate... I would say that moderate to deluxe resort kind of ask uh, uh, price point. But you're actually paying that value price point for this resort. But one of the cool things about the blue uh, big blue pool is that... When you put your head underneath the water, you actually hear music. Exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, there's just some magic right there. Worth every penny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a lot for a value resort. Well, for time's sake, I think we should move on to our third topic, and we'll go through pretty quick, but here is topic number three, which we call... Magical Tips. Tip number one. When entering the park... Pay attention to which lines are open for entrance. Everybody gravitates towards the same ones, often in the middle, and there's ones that are next to it that are also open, but nobody's there. Pay attention. The other thing also, too, if you're an annual pass holder, you're listening to this podcast, don't stand in the annual pass holder line. Because 90% of the time, during opening gates, it is a rope drop, I'm sorry, the gates are going to be filled, but that pass holder line is always longer and it's going to work faster for you to go through a different line. All right. Speaking of, of time and lines, uh, the Disney, my experience app, I'm not a fan in general. However, restaurants that allow you to order ahead on there and pick it up, use it. It's going to save you a ton of time when you're trying to grab a quick service meal on the fly. Yeah. Mobile ordering is huge. I agree with you that, uh, that app is a battery suck. I mean, that thing will drain your battery just as much as you're draining your wallet buying stuff while you're there. Also, do the opposite. We talked a little bit about it with the resorts as far as taking a break during the day. Do the opposite. Understand what most people are going to be doing, what time they're going to be eating. Do the opposite. Take your break earlier. Take your break later. Switch your naps around so you're not doing the exact same flow as everybody else in the parks. And if it's your first time or you're just one of those persons that really enjoys parades, uh, 
big tip right here at Magic Kingdom. Go stand on Main Street USA by the Harmony Barbershop. It's right at the end of the parade. And you get to see everyone not only coming around the corner of uh, Main Street USA there, but it's the perfect spot for videos and for photos. That's where I take most of my photos and where I get a lot of my videos when it comes to all of the uh, all the parades that happen at Magical Kingdom. And they're worth watching. Follow him on at InstaDisneyDad on Instagram because what he posts is amazing. There's one other thing that I want to call it too since we, were, you know, we had a very, very slight rant about the app and how it's like kind of a battery suck um fuel rod i'm not paid for by fuel rod either but fuel rod is my go-to literally every day i will visit this fuel rod uh little stand and i can tell you exactly where every fuel rod location is in walt disney world but you pay 30 dollars one time and you get those little battery recharger things that you plug your phone into it comes with all the adapters and everything else it's 30 dollars one time you can get unlimited exchanges which is huge especially when you're using that app because if you're like myself or Troy we're on that app all day long checking fast passes checking to make sure that our dinner reservations are there making sure that our mobile ordering is working we are always on our apps and that is going to drain your battery whatever you use whatever your method you are going to need to recharge your phone more on a Disney trip than any other point in time don't try to think you can be smarter than it it's going to happen and it's not a bad thing so whether it's fuel rod or you buy something off of Amazon or somewhere else, make sure that you have that and ready to go. And, and fuel rod just happens to be one that's an excellent opportunity um, and is really affordable. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of breaks down to the cost. Uh, my biggest thing about it was the ease of exchange. I exchange it for a recharged one and I'm ready to go. So to your point, I always be prepared. I always have a plan. There's a great but that music now is telling us that it is the end of the episode. We have talked a lot today. Thank you so much for joining us. Episode number five. Thank you, Troy, for being a part of the show today. Thanks for having me, and I hope we get to do more. I hope so, too. Once again, make sure to follow me Instagram at InstaDisneyDad. Definitely appreciate all the follows, posts, messages. Uh, but most of all, thanks for the likes. I definitely appreciate it. Put a lot of pride and passion into those photos that we post up there. And also the videos. Also, reach out to my friends at Bell Destinations. I know that if you're listening to this podcast, more than likely you're going to be planning a trip to Disney at some point in time in the near future. Whether it's your first time, your hundredth time, let Bell Destinations know about it. They take care of everything for me, take care of everything for Troy, and they'll definitely take care of everything for you. So make sure you check them out, belldestinations.com. As always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Once again, have a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Tomorrow.